This episode is brought to you in part by Friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron, and you can sometimes call me Old Aaron Forgets Things. Sometimes you can call me Old Aaron Drinks Too Much, and sometimes you can call me Old Aaron Agate Hunter. Uh, that was my every, that was everything this last week. Um, the culmination of it. Anyways, uh, man, this is, it feels good to be back. Let me just clear the elephant in the room, uh, or in the multiple rooms, or in the car, or in your headphones, or in your inner ear canals, or wherever the room may be, or wherever I am sitting inside of your life that needs clearing, this is where I'm going to clear right now. The elephant is there. And it is that I haven't been here in quite some time. I have taken a sabbatical, one would say. Some others may call it uh, finding oneself. Uh, I prefer to be honest with you all and say that I was lazy, I was depressed, and I was scared. I didn't feel worth it. I didn't feel good about me. I didn't feel all the things that I needed to feel to f do what I wanted the outcome of this podcast to do. And then once it got going too long that I let it go without doing it, it became one of those things now that I almost identified with feeling bad about it. And so I perpetuated a cycle of always now finding a reason to not come back and record a podcast like, oh, I need to wait till after my birthday or no, let's just wait till after Thanksgiving because I'm not quite ready yet or there's other things going on or there's someone in town and it all of a sudden New Year's came around and 2020 was no longer 2020. I didn't wish you guys a happy New Year like I have done for three years in the past. I hadn't. And then all of a sudden I told myself, well, what the fuck? Now I've really let my audience down and um. It, I needed a reason. Uh, I needed, I needed something external of myself to push me off the, the little tiny curb I was standing on into hopping back into doing this thing. And I've told myself, um, once I begin this pro pro progress again with this podcast, become I, I, I'm basically viewing it as another fucking restart, and I hate that I've had to do it four times. That's also another reason that I haven't been back on this microphone in this room doing this. Um, but I am here now, and I'm here joined not just in my headphones, but in person. Yes, everybody, you heard that right. I am joined in person by my best friend, the founder of this podcast with me, the the person who was my backbone, my help, my push to become better, to meet a, a standard, a quality of, of exuberance and life and drive that I had to match or I would be left behind. And it was something that kept this going that whole time. And I, in this last year, with everything going on, I mean, I could just say with 2020 going on and everyone in their brains will in some way go, oh yeah, fucking 2020. Mm. Like, <laughs> thank you, Jason. Uh, Jason, everybody, Jason's here. I, I keep going on, everybody, Jason. Jason! 
Thank you. And this badass and his badass wife, in the midst of everything, they they made a trip across the country to halfway across the country, a third of the way across the country, whatever it may be, to take a vacation with Beth and I for a week and love ourselves again. Would you say that's right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and for all those naysayers really quick, right off the bat, who are going to go, but there's a pandemic. Yeah, we know there's a pandemic. You know what they did? They quarantined before they left. They got in their car and drove nonstop for 19 hours to get here. Mm-hmm. Masking the whole time, motherfuckers. And yeah. guess what? Guess what we've done? Everywhere we've gone, we masked the whole time and we basically walked on a beach and stayed in our hotel room. We just weren't in our house. Oh, yeah. Just limited outings, man. But just hey. Having everything in a vehicle before you even need to go. Yeah. And just stopping for gas and uh, <laughs> leave when you get out of your car, just have little wipes in your pockets. and That's it, man. You know what I mean? Care- sanitizer have- everywhere yep. you go and. We have little bottles. We have big bottles in our car. We have refill bottles. We have sanitizer. We Cloroxed everything in the apartment when we got in there. We Cloroxed everything when we went out. Like Yeah. Like, honestly, I know that I'm not spreading any germs. Yeah, 100%. You know I mean? And I don't know. Yeah, Which, of course, I'm worried about other people giving me germs. But I'm, that's like, why we were, I'm, I'm really walking around, like, protecting myself all the time. Well, so. and I also f- agree with the people who say we need to still live our lives. And yeah, yeah. I did... I mean, we, you know, definitely our share of mm. keeping social distance and everything we did, but we still lived our lives and we, we experienced went, things together. Yeah, we went nature to the we well st- nature, but also, man, sitting here right next to me, which I'm going to be eating. You heard that bag rustle. We <laughs> went and bought saltwater taffy from a tiny little business mm. that is open during this time. They were following protocols. You could only have so many people in their shop at once. You had oh, yeah. you had to, you know, sanitize in their store as before you, you grabbed at, at any toffee or any taffies. And we went through and we supported small businesses that are working, struggling to keep open, mm. that have been hurt by this as well, you know. And I think we're helping. Yeah, to a certain degree. Um, definitely. Yeah. Spreading our means. We had the means to go somewhere in the time. I mean, think mm-hmm. of how lucky that is just that we actually had the means to take a week off work, all of us, you know, and go and rent an Airbnb in a different town and eat it. You know, like we had a, a, the ability to go out and do that. We had the means mm-hmm. to do that. And so that's what it's cool. Everywhere yeah. we went, there was like, you know, like touchless pay and there's like, you know, that there's a way to always kind of like, yeah. there's a safest route and mostly any, you know, people are so adapting cool. very well. And so as much as it is like, don't go out, like limit your stuff, you know, I think we went out what once a day. Yeah. We just went out once a day. We went to a couple different places. Most of the time we just went to the beach and then went back to our room <sighs> and then we ordered and we picked up an order, but it was all outside. Yep. Just pick up a little bag. You know, you pay. You don't. You're not distributing money or anything, or no cash really. Yeah. You know, um, I had a cup. Like I usually don't carry cash, but occasionally, like when I travel, I make sure I have some just in case. You, yeah. You have like to, yeah. you know just in case like going to a touristy town. Sometimes. There well, is, and honestly, like, and like a cash transfer of sorts. Well, and I did it, you know, I, we went to the gas station on the way back when I got us Red Bulls for the drive back today, which we have to go into talking. Okay, by the way, everybody, I know I'm jumping all over the place. This is going to be a podcast of friendship, broship, love, reflection, 
Um, if any of you are curious how we've been, we're going to talk about all that. We're going to be talking about a lot about what we did on this vacation. We're going to be talking a lot about what we've learned, what we mm. felt. Um, I have words that I've written down to um, kind of guide me through this podcast when I come back. Um, and it was the words are doubt, decency, projecting, and rejuvenated. And those are the words that I think encompass how I've felt how we've been, and I want to touch on every one of those topics today. And so that's what this podcast is going to be. We're going to listen to a vinyl. We're going to laugh. Um, and I just want you to know what you're in for, you guys. So first of all, let's go back to the beginning, Jason. Um, sure. You guys, how had... You guys, I mean, how was the drive? You you drove 19 mm. hours. Yep. Had you ever made a big, long, straight drive like that ever before? Just um, nonstop? Definitely never that big. Not that big. And really what made it possible was my schedule being on uh, overnights. Yeah. Um, and I had, uh, my boss actually let me out a day early, which is really sweet because we got here a full 24 hours ahead of schedule. Oh, that was um, so crazy. Uh, my boss, Steve, he'll probably will never listen to this, but if he ends up listening to it, like he's just a phenomenal guy. And um, more or less, like just the way that the week ends up and how when I start on an overnight, for, I start at 9 p.m. and then I work until uh, 12 a.m. and that's the start of the new day. So if, you know, when the week breaks, it's on a Saturday night. And so I was going to either have to work like three hours the next day, work a half shift or work a full night. So more or less, he's like, you know what? Just put in for pay time off for those three hours and um, just go ahead and go or, or don't. You know, he's like, just it's up to you, whatever. So I had plenty of time. So I just did that and got to leave or a day early, which was unexpected, man. And, um, yeah, Jada, it was me and Jada were kind of caught off guard. Well, you were caught off guard and you caught us off guard. We were like talking to you like, Oh, Hey, how's your day going? Well, man? we were watching the football games Yes, and I was watching the Seahawks, um, because I was in the passenger seat cause I had worked all night long. Um, and then I had packed the well, car was, while Jada was like yeah. waking up in the morning and making, we're making coffee for right. herself and all that. And um, yeah, I was watching the game, talking to you in my head. I was thinking, oh, Jason's at home. He has to go back to work tonight. So he's probably going to be going to sleep any time now. Try and get as much sleep as he can before his shift. He'll work a short shift, get off early and be heading out in the morning. That was my, I, that was in my head. Mm. And we're talking and then you made a comment. Oh, what did you say? Yeah, it was clever. Like, it was clever. I'm going to roll back real fast because I know it was pretty close in our text. Because as soon after that, you were here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm I'm like oh you you guys were like we had lost you were yeah you we were lost losing. the like, game versus bummer. the Rams yeah I said bummer sorry my dude you're like bummer indeed a couple hours into our trip already though and you just gave me a thumbs up <laughs> yeah. and I was like yeah. and instantly I'm like you already left what and then another thumbs up and I was just like oh I ran out and I was like Beth 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 mm. they've already left oh yeah no me and Jada had talked about it and Jada said you know what you. You tell them when you want to tell them. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna drive, and uh, we're like, let's wait until we're in Wyoming because that's like a state over, you know. And then we waited till another state we were over, <laughs> and or we were just gonna go get into Utah. Um, oh, and so, yeah, man, it was just sweet. That was awesome. It was uh, just hitting everything in stride, going for it. Like I was able to sleep for a couple hours, even like before we left. 
Um, but I was able to pack like a bunch of the heavy stuff. Like yeah. I had got all my music stuff like already packed before Jada Heady woken up, which was kind of the extra stuff to go. So yeah, brought my guitars down. Aaron and I have had some fun jams. Oh man, it the, the you got here. We got here the first night. You know, we uh we so you guys got here. We stayed in back in the house for two nights, and then. Um, after those two nights, then we packed up everything, headed to the coast and stayed on the coast for four. And so, um, it was beautiful, but man, we got, we got back here. Oh, it felt so fucking good to jam and just, just jam. You know, I played music a few times during quarantine with my band. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but that's just right, playing the song. It's not jamming. It's, yeah. it's, it's practicing the music we've written and you have mm-hmm. to practice it. There's no, yeah, true. Improv, there's no just fucking around. And as there's, exciting as it is, it's also like very purposeful. It's work. It's work. Oh yeah. You know, in the same time, it's it's in my head. That's mm-hmm. the way I have to art mm-hmm. put it. But yeah, no, just jamming. Mm-hmm. And man, it had been your caliber of musicianship is like fucking tight. <laughs> so you have to work for it. Like yeah, thank so you. So it is stressful, but it's also like super, super, super rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but dude, I we hadn't played in. 10 months yeah like probably mm-hmm. damn close to that's it a, yeah that's a grip of time man you know it's a long time and it it just felt so good to fucking jam mm-hmm. and really just go for it yeah the unhindered they let us have some time you know and uh yeah and, and kind of the the I don't know. I think there was a little bit of difference. I, I felt it was yeah, like the like growth that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Stretch yeah. marks is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, we jammed like almost equally. Like, you know, I played a little drums, but I also, we probably played a little, you know, some more guitar together too. So it's kind of cool trying to. It was really fun jamming on guitar with you. Mm-hmm. Like both of us on guitar. That was a fucking blast because of, of all of the strides and the steps that you've made in, um, since the you know the last hundred day challenge and all the practice since yeah like like that mm. yeah oh yeah it, it I'm was ready there for another round it will be a different hundred days next time ooh you know it'll be a well you know it'll be like a riff every week or something like that it'll be like a riff a week challenge for fifty two weeks it'll be like a year of learning a riff a week and it won't be necessarily like a uh you know wouldn't that be fun instead ooh. try to learn a riff a week instead of like, cause we still practice a lot, but, yeah. but in a week's time, sometimes it's hard to measure like just speed or just a certain drill or just a certain this or that. But I think for me, especially it's good to gain the knowledge. So I would like, you know, pick a different band a week, pick a different, you know, See, that's, that sounds like a really good plan. Mm-hmm. Take a whole year and learn 52 songs mm-hmm. worth of riffs and mm-hmm. like nail them, like get, you know. Yeah, that'd be Ooh, cool. Man, that sounds like a fucking... Yeah, kind of whatever level you're at. You know, yeah. pick songs according to what you can think you can actually play. and But also, like, you know, pick ahead. And I'm going to pick these couple songs because they are in a sequential, like, learning. Or, like, they're a little harder than one another. Or yep. if you yep. can figure that out, I guess, they're hard to kind of... Well, you can... You can you, the thing is, is pick a list of songs. Here's what you'll find out. You'll pick a few songs that are harder at, than maybe. <laughs> well, well, you yeah you you'll either pick a song that is too hard for you, but you can't give up on that. So you're gonna have to fucking 
like practice the shit out of it. And then after you do two or three weeks, four weeks, you know, a month into it and you've picked four different riffs and you've learned them and you've spent all this time drilling all these riffs, your week five riff that you've picked will all of a sudden be too easy. Yeah. It's not like you're going to lose any of the knowledge. No. Really. Like you can no. try to just keep, you know, yeah. I practice this riff because it takes me about a half hour to like well, you know, get and, under it. Well, but, and then the cool thing will be yeah, is time. to go, hey, now let me play this cool little playlist of mm. riff, 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 riff. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be cool. All That'd right. be a hell of a challenge. That's yeah. close to the beginning of the year. So it is. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be really easy to Not start. Like you now. need a good excuse to do something good for yourself, like a, like an, a figurative, oh. like it's the new year. <laughs> yeah, like that's so silly. Because but, we have gone new zeros this date. Well, yet. well, but only because that was the time we chose it. I know, you know and and it's other it's, than no other reason than yeah. I mean, it's, just, it it would be. You know, I mean, at, at when the uh, Gregorian calendar was established. Um, you know, it would have been at, in the Middle East somewhere. And so their cycles are different than ours in America here. And so it would have been some equinox happening with something. And right after the longest day of the year, you know, they had the whole lunar calendar, like the, their calendar figured out. And, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, they went off the moon and where the sun was in the sky. And that's kind of just how they chose years to be. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's just. They could have picked a different place in the sky or a different season or a different moon phase to be the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, they could have said, oh, when it t- first turns fall, mm. fall is now the beginning of the year and the middle yeah, of like the a different season and the so middle it's... of the year is winter. And so it could have gone hot down into cold in the middle of the year and branching back up instead of us thinking mm. summertime is. It's like every single season changed like every yeah what three months or whatever right <laughs> right and they, and just, they if, whenever they had the idea is when like okay well <laughs> it's like when it starts it stops it's like damn <laughs> like, this is just like the worst part of the year might as well turn it around and say it's the beginning again but right or yeah like, yeah it had to be with like probably harvest of sorts like sure when they were getting sure. the crops or yeah, when they yeah. put the seed in or however you of know. course you yeah know. but they could have said it the last <laughs> season <laughs> true and it, it, you know, nine been months out, or the start of whichever season could have been the beginning of the start of, of the, the year, year. maybe. And, and then they could have just planned it from there. And so, you know, July Time is extremely well, just July first could be New Year, and January first could be the middle of the year. Like instead of January first being every the begin, you know, January first mm-hmm. being New Year, July first could be New Year. Yeah, if it was the other on the other coin was on the other side of the world. You oh. know. George, we could just think of summer as rebirth. The hottest time, the blooming, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. is in peak. Mm-hmm. That could be the rebirth Which of the made new year. Way more sense, I think. Instead of like the death is the beginning of new year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. I just think of or it like, as it's so. The last death. That's what winter is. <laughs> yeah. Winter is like the, the final last. death. death. <laughs> that, you know, like that's kind of essentially what it is. I know, man. I know it really is. Like everything has now died. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. Life will build, which makes sense. I don't huh. know. It does make sense. I don't know. I don't even know how we got there. It's fun. It is fun. Um, but anyways. Yeah, 100-day challenge. To our or, or two, to our 52. Yeah, that's how we got there because we were talking about all that. Years. Okay, so. Years. Um, yeah, man. This has been a good trip. And then here's something else that was fun. So we got in the car, uh, 
drove to drove from you know Portland to the coast. Men drove together, ladies drove together. Yeah, of yes, naturally. Um, and that was the first time in easily a while five years. Oh, yeah, that you and I had gotten in a car and spent hours in a car together, just mm. road tripping. Mm. Like we hadn't done that in a mm. fucking grip of time, dude. So that felt really good to have gone from like you know living together for. 10, 11 fucking years to right. moving and only getting FaceTime and Rocket League head, yeah. headphone chats. We still talk a lot. Like, oh, don't get us wrong. Yeah. But it is different when you live together and you talk every, every day. Well, <laughs> the jamming is the hard on because we don't get it. Like, yeah. like that was the yeah. thing is it literally was the yeah, hard on. Yeah, we can on. talk about our progress. We can send little videos to each other about fun shit we do. Yeah. But as far as like melting and fucking... Well, being there in a pocket together. That's that's the thing. That's there where is the fun is. There is no pocket mm. by yourself. It no. takes two to pocket. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it takes very, two to very, pocket. Very shallow pockets <laughs> without the other bro. Yeah. <laughs> if you have one pocket, right. it is a shallow pocket. Hard to fill a pocket with a metronome. <laughs> it takes two pockets to make a deep pocket. <laughs> yes. That must be Jinko jeans. <laughs> that must be the deepest <laughs> pockets in Jinkos, right. man. And hold them with chains. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. No, it was great. Road trip got to this cute little uh, Airbnb right on the water. You could see it off our front porch. Um. Had a hot tub inside, which was fun, except it got yeah. noisy sometimes. But, <laughs> but you know, it as old. hot tubs do, and it, it was um, also like, how bad could it be to complain about the noise of a thing every five hours when we're in a luxury, like we're on vacation? Like, yeah, man. I'm, I I let it be so. I I didn't want to let anything about it phase me as far as like. Focusing on unhappiness or oh, yeah. subtleties, or you know, I it was fairly bougie until the well. Here's <laughs> the know, funny thing. It was nice, yeah, it was it a nice was, place. Oh, by the way, cheers me. And if cheers. any of you are listening and drinking right now, we're having a few shots of whiskey. Um, yeah, having the old Hank right now. Yes, 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 the old Hank. Um, ooh, that's nice. And and we're drinking coffee because we're classy. Yep. But um, I hope you like that. I'm sucking coffee out of my mustache. <laughs> All right, so yeah, here's the thing. I like until probably the third, the, no, the the last night, last night as we were kind of like picking up and stuff, and you and Jada, I think we're already sleeping. Me and Beth were just picking up. Um, she's we're cleaning, and she goes, oh, I can't believe there are cobwebs. And I go, what? And I look up and like in a couple high spots because it was like a, it was like an eighteen or twenty foot vaulted ceiling, man. I mean, that was a really tall ceiling, true, and true. way up high. There was a couple little strings, <laughs> yeah, and I go, and I go, you notice that? And she goes, yeah, I can't not notice that. I'm always, I'm looking for it. And I go, oh, you just, in my head, like, not to be negative or picky or anything, but I'm like, oh, you just couldn't be happy with what we have. You had to find what was wrong. Like, why don't, you know, you don't have to go look for that stuff, or you will find it. If you, everything true, you true. look for, if you're trying to find what's wrong with it, you're going to find a flaw. It's the old tale about the sun the chicken farmer and his son and this dad. That's a really good way to kind of look at it. Have you heard this fable? The, the thing no. about the chicken farmer? No, I have not yet. Oh. Well, maybe. It, so it was a dad and his son. And his son uh, got in trouble or something like that. And so his dad said, okay, you need to go out there and sort all of the eggs. The good ones from the bad ones. 
Well, how do I do that, Dad? Well, you hold, you take a candle and you hold the egg up to the candle and you look for cracks. Okay, and so the son stayed up all night sorting all the eggs. And his dad came in the next morning and looked, and in the bad pile were all the eggs. And in the good pile, were, there was no eggs. And he goes, what did you do? And he goes, I, there was a crack in every one of them. They were just so small, but if you look really close mm. in, a, in a, you know, they weren't leaking. There was nothing wrong with the eggs. They were perfectly yeah. good eggs. They were ready to ship and sell. But because he looked so close, not wanting to not do it, he found every crack in every egg. Mm. And they were bad, right? Because you didn't know that there was very, like, there was a multiple ways for goodness to be good. Mm. And I think that house that we stayed in, was fucking awesome. Right, right. Even if there were a couple cobwebs. A couple cracks. A couple little ones that mm. didn't do anything to the quality or the structure of the egg. No, I agree. You know? Mm. And it's the 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 pickiness of the egg far- picker. Farmer. <laughs> the egg checker, I guess. Um, no, no, it was good. It was good. It was just, you know, I, I, didn't, I wanted it to be. And that was like the other thing I said. This, um... Sorry, I'm moving that mic. I know it might sound like a, um, I wanted to be, yes. I wanted this to be a, a, a days mm-hmm. of of not not wanting to experience everything. If I said yeah. no, it would be a lack of experience. Be carefree. Yeah. Of sorts. I guess. And, I, and I haven't done that a lot lately. I've been, you know, kind of reserved. I've been kind of... Everything about society lately has been very reserved. Yeah. It's very easy to be the no person because you want to be protected and you know like that's how you know that's how right. i feel because a lot of people and what you read now a lot of things you see i'd say and this is my own perspective of course like i'm not projecting or like you can feel however you want but that's how i feel it's like i need to protect myself so i've been more saying no to other things because i don't want to experience too much because i feel like experiencement means carefree which means i could potentially like touch more things which means like potentially like when i go into like a shop right now or i go into a store or even at my own store like you know um i know well not really in my own work because my job is technically to clean everything at my work so um of course i just I'm clean and I have yeah. cleaning tools and all that shit. But when I go into other places where I'm buying things, purchasing for myself or grabbing things for my wife or my family, like when I pick items up, I don't actually anymore. I used to pick things up and experience them for myself and see what they look like and, you know, kind of how much does this weigh and how uh, durability of things. And just yeah. before I purchase something, like actually check it out. And nowadays it's kind of just like you take things that kind of face whatever they look like. Um, don't touch it unless you're going to fucking buy it. I feel like that, I don't know, it's emotionally, it's the same thing. Or you're like, it's really hard to be um, saying yes to things more or less right now in this time. Because, well, I think because... that I think that feeds into my first word, which is doubt. And this has been a, a last year filled with doubt. Mm-hmm. I think people project doubt. I think everything that has happened and culminated with the election and everything is fueled on doubt. It's fueled on misinformation. It's fueled on lies. It's fueled on people either doubting what's true or doubting the, the, the doubting the truth. Like people being scared. I think scared is a good way to put it too. Yeah. 
Well, the other the other word that not that, so much individually like people realists. No, they realists, are, but they are, and I think that goes in with the other word. And these were the two fear. words that were first was doubt and projecting. I think there's a lot of people projecting their fears on projecting what they're worried about onto the ones that they are now placing the worry and that is our government like that's you know that's it's we've seen dissemination we've seen i didn't think what had happened this last week was going to happen the last yeah. two weeks definitely like and, and that's cuz of doubt that's because of people projecting their insecurities, projecting their hatred, projecting their mm. their bigotry and, and corruptness and immoralism. Mm. And it's not a lot of us, no. but it's enough of us that they made fucking waves. Well, a couple thousand people broke in to the yeah. White House. Yeah. Or no, you know, to fucking disrupt what was going to happen it happened anyway um but i don't know it's it um it kind of fucking culminated the stirring of the pot this year man um and that was that and those two words was what i felt when it was happening it's also what i felt and it, it it struck me as as kind of apropos. It, it it's also kind of what led kept me from not doing this, doubting myself and projecting. I projected a lot of what I was afraid of on others for this podcast. I did. I I I, I let what I thought the views of others was lead my life, and it's what these fucking maga fucks did. Is they. They projected what they think the left is. They projected what they think all of what's against them. I don't even know where who their boogeymans are. I mean, Mike Pence is now the boogeyman of the MAGA fucks. Which is really weird. Like, and he's the vice president of their party. and he's, Which is really strange. Yeah. They turn on him really, really fast. Well, But he's like the first, religious leader of their party kind of thing. Like, Yeah. It's, it's insane that... But even... Like, it's all projecting. It's all projecting. They think that it's crumbling around them because they feel like, I mean, they, they do. I, I'm not going to lie. They, I guarantee they feel like their world, all of their comfort like a, is. Well, they really think America, period, is crumbling. I would say yeah. that. Like, it's not just like, it is their view, but also like, well, imagine if I thought America was crumbling. I mean, I'm not saying I'd freak out or or just even react even remotely the same, obviously, because I don't. But yeah, I'm well, just saying, like, it is important to me. It's it's, you know? it's perpetuated by people with immense privilege, and they, by all their rights, they should feel like their world is crumbling. The select few who are perpetuating this, the 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 rich fucks delegating some of the information, the 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 Trumps of the the left, mm. you know. Um, Rudy Giuliani, yeah, fucking, fucking, exactly. fucking, um, 
uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, You're right, though. Um, but Rudy Giuliani is huge. Biggest. He'll be um, the um, And then uh, there's a couple other Repu- Ted Cruz. Ted's going down. Pence was bad. All fashions. Yeah, is no, great. Ted Cruz. Um, yes, um, dude. Um, um, Lindsey Graham. Mm. These fucks. These big fucks. Who here. is the lady that uh, speaks on behalf of the press? Um, oh, Lauren, oh, oh, is oh. It, is it starts with an L. Aaron? Is it? What's oh, it? God. Um, I can't remember. She's I the honestly, one that just called for unity like y- a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly um, don't remember because I don't really care about them. They're they're yeah. fucking scum. They they really like all of you know. I I try to focus on the names of the big players because they're the ones who really need to suffer the consequence. Mm. And the reason that the the Giuliani's and these guys feel like their world is crumbling and they're spreading this information and they're scared is because they've been on a high rise scaffolding above the crowds on their riding their fucking scaffolding of privilege for so long Mm. and it's finally getting broken away and they're getting knocked down to the level of everyone else. Well, not even because they still have so much money that they'll still be above everybody else, but they are losing some of their privilege and to them in their cataclysm of, of fucking wealth and grossness Part of their world is crumbling away. Theirs, not the countries, but they are telling their disseminates that the country is crumbling. True. Yeah, the people that are greatly influenced by them. Yes. And that's where this came from. And so what's sad is it was low to middle class people storming that place, Mm. mostly. Well, now that are federal or... uh, <laughs> going to federal prisons. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, th- th- it wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't a lot of white collar, hundred, $200,000 a year people. Yeah. Right. They're storming the, the capital. <laughs> no, no, it was all low to middle class who also feel disenfranchised thinking the megas. Yeah. But not even all of them, mm. a select portion of them. True. You know, and it, it's insane to me to to think that they don't see the difference. Like, oh, I know. Well, there was all those the memes going around, you know, like yeah, of like the bunch of poor scenarios. Like, you don't have to worry about <laughs> Biden's new tax plan. Oh, if... no, they were actually pretty funny because a lot of them were fucking things that actually existed in my childhood. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you know, didn't yeah. do you? Uh, I want to look yeah. them up now. They're actually pretty uh, fucking funny. It also was sad because they're true to a lot of people. But 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 it know. was it was literally saying, hey, if you make less than a hundred and what is it, sixty thousand dollars a year or something like that, if you make less than that, don't worry about it. Or like if you have a bag of plastic bags underneath your sink. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it had all. Yes, what I said wasn't to worry about Obama's tax plan. (laughs) Like, yeah, that was just one of the yeah or Biden's. Yeah, yeah. Uh And there were just like a bunch of scenarios that like a bunch of people in the middle class actually did, you know, like or still do today. Oh yeah, because we got bags of bags, motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah, we got got plastic bags inside other plastic bags. 
randomly throughout we the got, house in case we need some. But but here's how cool we are. We got plastic bags instead of plastic bags and paper bags inside of paper bags because we go paper and plastic in this house. There it is. You That's what I'm options. saying. Options. <laughs> Good morning, Julia. Oh, That's what man. I'm saying. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Um, oh, man. I There's so many things I want to press. Um. Yeah, people are afraid. I think that's what, that's the bummer. Sorry, that was good. They sorry. are they are afraid. That fart was what scares. That's them. live, dog. That was <laughs> that was. We was hot. Woo! It it was hot. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what mic we used for that, and I'm probably talking into it right now, but it's okay. No, I don't think it was either <laughs> one of these. That was the fart mic. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Um, but but the. Uh, the word that comes after projecting and doubt is decency. And I think that is the word, that is the mindset that that shines through in all of this is the, the fucking correction for the hatred is decency. It is not, this is a country, this is my feelings, this is a country divided right now. And I know everybody's saying that. Everybody's talking about it. I don't think it's as divided as people want to say. I don't think it's 50-50 split down the middle. Mm-hmm. But undoubtedly, there is many portions of this country that don't feel loved by the other portion of this country. We could go down the line. The far right does not feel loved by the rest of the country. Trans people don't feel loved by the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Gay people. Black people. Mexicans go down the line and every part of this country other than fucking white people are not feeling loved by the rest of this country right now. Yeah. No, it's way way too easy to find support in other people that hate the same shit. Yes. Well, and there are crossovers. There are crossovers. It just stems from people hating too much shit. Period. Well, I think it's part of it is looking for cracks and eggs. If you find it, it's there. And I think the other part of it is, is no one practicing decency. I noticed it when we were on the fucking beach. No one's, when you're walking around, no one wants to look each other in the eye right now. Mm. There's no one smiling at each, even though we have masks on, you can look someone in their eyes crinkle up on the side and you can tell when the eyes of a person look like they're smiling versus when they're faking a smile, but their eyes don't change. Mm. You can tell. You, our our brains oh, yeah. are mechanized to recognize happiness in other humans' faces, regardless of if you see their mouth or not. Or nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And no one is looking at each other in the eye right now. No one's smiling. Everybody's... One, I was, maybe, we are, maybe we are just a country in shame because we know I, oh, what's we, going no, on. No, we are. <laughs> no, we absolutely are a country in shame. Everybody is in shame right now. And I think it is because no one wants to practice decency in spite of the shame. No one wants to go around and not a lot of faith in be that happy right face. No one wants to go around and oh man, I want to go around and be that happy face. And I'm not just shooting rainbows, like at least in my own, you know, as small as my own existence is, you know, like yeah, I feel I feel like there is a good amount of people that want to. It's just very hard, you know, yeah. like it's easier in my workplace because, you know, I kind of control a lot of the atmosphere. Um, 
but I guess that's in my that's my best environment of the biggest group of people that I can't help control, you know. So huh. everyone told me I couldn't do anything that I shouldn't do anything um, for New Year's. Oh, um, you know, like that. But I had seven associates that were stuck in there, and you know, I knew that. Well, what would they be doing at home? What would be going on at home? What would be, you know? So I've made it safe obviously hours beforehand as soon as i got to work i freaking put it in a you know atmosphere where i could clean everything you know and you know i got a couple bottles of champagne and i was able to like give people individual grab them their own individual glasses out of you know like i was able to wash things in a three compartment sink and separate everything and before work i just took a little bit of time I let people pour their own glasses of champagne, you know, because I was able to get little teeny sixers, like little six packs of bottles and things. And mm-hmm. I was able to get, you know, enough supplies clean and ready before my associates were going to actually like cheers for New Year's and stuff. That's awesome. So, I mean, yeah. And I was that, like, Did any of them, had that ever happened before? Actually, it was the first time ever at our store that there was actually like a official like kind of toast of New Year's. Um, and my, my official boss was not there, but I knew that that was a tradition that he had started at his store and he is my mentor. Um, and I respect him a lot. And so even though he wasn't there, I wanted to kind of start or carry on a tradition for his, you know, he's been at Walmart for 30 freaking years, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's, Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. So props to him. Um, but. I just thought it was like really important and did did, did they love it? They did actually, man. And like we're supplying things in the deli and selling things and you know, so um, I wasn't like Walmart will not allow it. You know, it just was like, we haven't done anything like that since the pandemic started. You know what I mean? So um, I just had got done with a food health and safety class. So I actually could actually start producing food. Um, and so that was kind of like my first opportunity to do something, um, you know, at work. So, yeah, it was, I feel like little bits, little steps, not necessarily like, you know, feeding people or whatever, but the, the, the heartfelt portions of things are important to carry on. So keep. Be that positive light, even though not everyone is smiling at you through the mask. Man, that's... <laughs> Um, that's, that's fucking amazing, bro. I didn't know you did that. Well, I never just like, you know, <laughs> I know you, I know you don't go talking about, um, but that's, cause I don't want to be looked at at work like a brown noser either, but you know, the most important, I interact with eight people, 10 people, 12 people at the height of everything. It was like 16 people a night. And so like, it's really cool to be able to influence people, um, Cause I get to see the front and the back, like from everything that they do throughout their week most of the time. Or if I catch someone in the middle or at the end of their week, like I get to hear the stories throughout. Like it's well, not a too big of a crew that I get to hear about. But you did you tell know, me earlier all the progress. You did tell me earlier today, which when I heard it initially in our drive back today, um, I was like, Oh, that's cool. But it didn't really strike me as solidly again, as it is right now. Um, which is, you you said something along the lines of, yeah, when when I'm at work and p- 
people are working on my shift, no one shows up late or no one misses work. But when it's other people's shifts, they miss work. Or more or less, it's, uh, yeah, it's not about them more like missing work on the other people's shift. It, it's, I'd say it's more of a, they're more probable to show up on my shifts. Or I don't know, maybe that's not even the right. I mean, they're essentially the same thing. But um, I don't want to necessarily discredit anybody um, for not. Um, and I, and some people might even look at that like, oh, maybe Jason's shifts are easier. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different probabilities or things that could happen. Like, yeah. Well, I think, I think day. you, you um, setting all that up for your people on new year shows exactly why that's true. That's my point. It's not because your shifts are easier, bro. It, <laughs> it has to be because of decency. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And I'd say, Yeah. Yeah, you got it though. You know, you have yeah. Um, or maybe it's just some people are extremely wired like that, and it's much easier people for not to. And I don't want to say it's caring or anything. Some people are just naturally more thoughtful. Um, but for me, it's more important to. Um, yeah, it's not. It's it's tough to be a boss and actually to show care because some people are just gonna be like, "This is just my work, and I'm just getting my check." Which is fine because, like, I get it. Like, because I want to make money too, dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, but also, you're here half your life, and I want you to feel fulfilled because, like, and that's part of it. Like, showing up every day is like part of your worth, part of your, like, for me, it's like etched in my body, in me, you know? So, yeah, I put 100% in it, but. I only know that I'm as strong as my crew and everybody, you know, they're externally like my limbs of my brain, you know? And, yeah. and that for me is like really fucking cool to watch happen. So if I can teach somebody, train somebody to be essentially like a more expressive version of my limb, you know, or a more, you know, man, certain people are, have better strengths than me at certain things, or they just know more about certain products. So yeah, push people to their full potential, man. Like, it's never a waste of your and time. I, I think ever. that is what they appreciate about it's, it. It's never a waste of your time ever to put some time into someone who's learning something if you're better at it. Yeah, totally, dude. Not, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, certain people say, oh, you, well, sometimes you got to learn for yourself. And, yeah, it sucks when you beat a dead horse. I, I get you, man. Yeah, but I think that... I think that that sense of of own personal drive shows through and the little bit of leading by example is the teacher if you have a bunch of people who are looking for a a a, a guidance looking for a, a a way to go through and you have something that you can show that is positive for you i mean if if you're sitting there working hard every day you show up to work you're you're happy about your job you're positive, you're smiling, you're doing above your what you're asked to do, and you're encouraging other people and also thinking about, oh, we need to have a New Year's party where, eh, I don't know if we can really do this right now, but I'm going to do it anyway for my people. That, that, that is more inspirational and guiding, and it is, it is not the slave driver sitting in the back whipping the people. It's him standing in front like the lead dog pulling a mush team. Mm. 
guiding the rest of the people who are working just as hard as the lead dog because the lead dog is in front. Like that's the whole reason a dog sled works mm. is the lead dog's work as hard. The, the, the back dogs work as hard as the front dog because the front dog works hard. Mm. Oh yeah. And that's what you do. That's, 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 ex- that's the reason you're in the position you got. That's the reason you got your promotion. We didn't, it's been, we've been gone so long. We haven't even told the podcast you got a promotion. I haven't even told anybody online or anything. Cause I know. It's, Cause it's just, yeah, it's not what I'm about, man. <laughs> I know you don't need to do I'm it. I'm proud but, for my family. Like, you but know, hey, that's the most hey, important thing. Everybody for me. out there, Jason got a promotion. Yeah. And he's now a trainer and a leader at his work. It's, mm. he's, he has people. I mean, he's, yeah. I've always been like proud of being a worker and proud of being like, you know, part of a good team, but now I'm a leader of a good team and that's essentially where I've always wanted to be. So, and that's, yeah, it is commendable. It's admirable. Um, man. Yes. That's fucking amazing. Mm. And I think it deserves music. Yeah, dude. Let's play some tunes. So what we decided to do, because we want to play a vinyl on the podcast, is... This is celebratory. This is celebratory. Everything (laughs) we've done. So my other word was rejuvenated. And Mm. we've all taken this week to feel rejuvenated, to see each other, to feel like everything is anew again. And in the uh, spirit of rejuvenation, we are going to go back and listen to the very first album, the very first song, in fact, that we listened to on this podcast when we very first started it so long ago, New Year's of 2017. Yeah. And so... It was a damn good night, my man. (laughs) And it it was was the first of many good nights, Oh my gosh, it was the first of so many. And this is the other beginning first of so many. Um, so we are going to play this now.
good idea. song you're right that has a really good verse riff this, it has 16th notes so so it'll get is... it'll get your straight quick picking a lot of down picking, which is what i need to yeah really good just sitting there and there's chord switches in between the single note picking and then good dexterity like and then like just training wise and then the chorus is also a really good riff to learn because it's a lot of big chords so it's there is a time signature change yes but it's also like not extremely like no, it's not extreme and then or doesn't last for too long so it's like a part rather than just like this whole different part of a song well kind of but thing. but then the bridge is really a cool groove mm. And it's just this cool little walk down groove. Um, no, that's a really good. That's a really good one. Yeah, I think that should be week one. Week one, can I play with madness? Yeah, and just try to. How fitting! I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to learn some of that guy right there. Hell yeah! Just a few a few riffs to get the basics down and. Mm. Get the picking down, you know? Yeah, just so it's like fucking feels good to play with a lot yeah. of the song and yeah. feel like I'm not just completely an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which I will. Of, speaking of not completely feeling like an idiot, how about we play something that will make you feel not like an idiot? Cool. Does yeah. that sound good? So uh, sure. please introduce this because you should be proud of it and like you don't talk about you you don't tell people you get promoted you don't even <laughs> how long has this song been out and how long have you not told actually people? it's only been out for like a week oh, so okay, this okay. is not something that i'm that guilty of um but but okay, this but is something we, i am proud of um this is a song that uh naked luck um a band that is very much still gonna keep releasing things for a little while here. We're all kind of in different stages of our own life and things, and obviously this pandemic is uh, not making things easy to meet up. But um, yeah, and uh, one of the main contributors, obviously all four of us are main contributors, but uh, 
you know, Desmond's in college in a different spot away from me. And so that makes correlating more difficult. But as we try to grasp things together, we might keep going out with more music, you know, just because yeah. uh, Ian and Desmond's bond is extreme. Like they, they do, like we all love each other, but those boys write music together like none other. So, um, and it'd be a shame if they didn't continue their musicianship together, just like me and you love playing music together and we keep hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's important to us. Um, I know they hold that bond together and as they should, cause they're fucking great, um, together and individually. Um, so obviously, hopefully they both contribute together or individually to the world of music. However, this yes. goes on. 100%. Um, but this is one of the songs that we all, um, Josh, Ian, Desmond, and I um, recorded in um, a studio together before the, the, the disperse of sorts, um, while we all kind of had other things going on in our lives. But this is something that I'm truly proud of. Um, and I know that all the other guys in the band are like, and we love this song. And um, for me to be impartial outside of, I think it's the band. <laughs> it's one of the best songs you guys have ever written. Every time you played it live, it killed. Every time this song came on, it was one of the most powerful songs of your set. No matter where it was placed in your set, it just this is a fucking good song. And I'm stoked that it's out there. I'm stoked you guys are releasing it. Um, I'm proud of you guys. Yeah, I'm happy um, that although we're not playing music together right now, we got to play this song enough that we all feel like, you know, it's really important to get out there and people heard it enough that now that they're really excited to actually hear the uh, recorded version 100%. of it. 100%. Um, so that being said, here it is, Barrel Fire by Naked Luck.
song not a ship that can hold or you might ask to forgive or you might not forgive Yeah, bro. That's a killer song. It really encompasses Naked Luck as a band. I wrote down notes. I wanted to talk so much during that, but I had to let it play. I wanted everybody to be able to dig it in without my voice fucking trampling over the top of it. And I wrote down a shitload of notes. <clears throat> um, first, that's an Americana classic. I would say, like, yeah, Ian and Desmond both, although extremely different, like both had the opportunity and like they're both like very good at coming up with that classic great sound. Like they're different. Um but yeah, Desmond really has That a song could have been from nineteen sixty eight. Right. Um and I would credit um for Desmond being the writer of that song, like he just is extremely he loves literature, man, and he's very well versed. Well, I noticed all of I noticed all the quips. Like that, all know? like it was very linguistically mm. beautiful. There are a lot of play on words. Mm. There's so many, but the heartfeltness, the, the of prose. It all too, well, cool. that's my next words. I wrote down in order: warming. That song is warm, and it's funny because it's about a barrel fire. Mm. And imagine being out at night and that thing keeping you warm. It's amazing. You guys wrote such a warm song with the message about being a fire. And it's quick. And yes. It is it is punctual. It's, it's to the point. It's a fast pace song. Yes, it is. is. Uh, yes, it sometimes is. Sometimes when we actually well, perform it, that's the only songs we might perform a, maybe a teeny bit slower. Or I was kind of surprised that we kept it with that well, like pace. My next that's words great. are my next word is drums. The drums in that song are fire. It it keeps the momentum alive. Mm. It keeps the work on the guitars. It keeps it, you're right. It keeps the speed up. It, it it lets the parts change, but with that speed comes breath. And you let that song breathe, especially in the bridge, right where the solo break is about to start, and the pretty 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 that that like your work there your tom work and you're just letting that part really build um yeah drums are good dude thank you man i feel like with that song in particularly like it does like it really beats home it really hits hard for me because like a lot of times when i was playing drums 
you know, from a very young age when I started off, like I was always playing hand drums, congas, bongas, you know, djembe, anything that was anything a drum this that was portable. You know what I mean? Like, and so a lot of times it was around a bonfire, you know, and it might not necessarily have been a barrel fire, but the sediments there, like entirely. Oh, yeah. And um, and I love Jason Phila, like with his artwork and everything. Yep. Um, it was actually like barrels huddled around a fire, which is fucking amazing. A beautiful. Um, and and great. And it just fits our band too, because yeah. we are just kind of, you know, a little bit off trying to make everything go cohesively, not necessarily with our music, but you know in life as individuals yeah like, and what we want people to you know we know it's messed up but we want people to love each other man and i think each each, each individual in Ma- naked luck is entirely selfless in that regard maybe them a lot of the members more so than i am um but yeah really built of good people man naked luck is something well i will always hold really near and dear to my heart um, yeah they changed me entirely like even throughout me and you playing music. They oh, gave, I recognize they gave me, it. They gave 100%. me a new, a new perspective and like just a yes, new they hope. Did. Yes, they just did. Just Star Wars style, dude. They gave me a new hope. <laughs> you know? 100%, man. Um, and uh, I can never yeah, yeah really it, just say thanks enough for them to really do it all together like that. Um, I'm the, proud of that song. The vocal layering and the guitar layering on that song are incredible. Mm. That was the next thing I wrote down. Like the guitars... The tone is great, doesn't it? Isn't it like this? It like mm. it's almost beefy. Yeah, and it's a culmination of uh, Sam Densmore having the knowledge of being able to portray what Desmond and Ian were really trying to like push out. Yeah, um, but there was a really a cool relationship between everybody too. I was able to, you know, I showed up most of the days. Um, that everybody was cutting their stuff just because it was like kind of my final days. I knew it was wrapping up. I yeah, knew, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd already told the guys what was going down, and um, and it was important for me to spend that time with them as much as I possibly could. So, experiencing that with them with a really experienced producer, um, someone who really cares about the artists themselves and wanting to get the most out of what the individual artists would be able to do, um. Yeah, taught me a lot about my own, like what I wanted to do as a musician, or what I, or not, not necessarily in the broad sense of a musician, but uh, playing guitar. You know what I mean? It's cool to pick that shit up when you're in there. So, well, and then the natural, the last thing I was going to say was that song naturally built to a crescendo and then tapered off at the end, kind of like a firewood. And it, it's one of the most natural, least forced songs. With the the energy and the speed in it, because it is a high energy song, mm. it has a lot of tempo, but none of it feels forced. None of it feels in front of the beat. You're not. You guys are all playing behind the beat. You guys are all just relaxed in the energy of that song, and mm. it is natural. It natural. That was the last word I wrote. Natural. Thank you, dude. Yeah. No, it link. I'm just happy for like I've done a lot of recordings, most of the recordings. So, so you know what you should do. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and I'm I'm your bro, and you know I love you. Mm. You you have to be proud of that and share that with everyone you know. Yeah, true. Now that one in particular, well, all of them, I guess, with Nick Luck, I you have to be proud of this, bro. Oh yeah, and share 
be vulnerable in this and share this part of you because you don't. And I know why, because it's the same reason I don't. Well, but this is too good to not let your friends know how good you are. Like, this isn't about you being self-serving or, oh, look how good I am. This is going, I have art that I is my favorite art that I've ever created. And I think it's beautiful. And I hope you guys, like, love this thing like I love it. And all of your friends will. And they'll go, right. oh, my fucking God, Jason, you guys made, like, this is fucking great. And I think you owe it to yourself to take a little bit of time and be selfish and put it out there so that people tell you how good you are. I, th I think you owe it to yourself because right. part of the reason we're artists is because we want to be good. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, it's, an, it's, it's important to me that continually right. I'm creating better art. So g give yourself an opportunity to let people tell you you're good. And I feel like it's really weird too because like being like a a musician where you get your kudos a lot of times performance you know what i yes. mean so that is what i really care about it's like sure I buy people to show dude i like want yeah. to sell tickets of and the rock metal bands i've always been in and it's easier for me to invite people to a show and when they show up like i fucking perform and then they can tell me i do a good job you know what i mean yeah. because then, then they see it and then you know um but now, when you do create a good piece of music, um, people it, have to hear yeah. it. And unfortunately, nowadays, it's like people can't go <clears throat> to the show to sure. experience it. So all that the, was always your hope. And all your the wish more. As but an let artist. me cheers you to that song. Everybody out there, cheers right now. Raise up your glass <clears throat> in in commemoration of hard work, brilliance, the passion, drive, the love of music, um, and greatness. Man, that song is great. Mm. Like, it's great. Yeah, I would agree. And, I mean, um, it's it's not just good. It's not just okay. It's great. It's one of those songs that is undeniable. It's a fucking Tom Petty song. It is a mm. Bruce Springsteen song. It's a fucking dire... St I mean, it's, it's every fucking good band that wrote songs. It's an Eagles. That song is an Eagles song, dude. That song is a Grand Funk Railroad song. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm fortunate enough to, to be surrounded by really fucking but, cool, great I know. writers, man. But you, so. you, you need, yeah, I, I think, I think you <laughs> need to internalize it and share it. Joe Walsh for no, the I Eagles will, for went, sure. hey, this is a good fucking song. You know, they wrote that song. And they told <laughs> cheers and they told people it was a good song yeah now you're definitely right because they know and you know you're sitting here right now i saw you singing along i saw you rocking the fuck out to the song you just wrote okay. or not you wrote over you mean you guys wrote that how long ago did you write that song oh man uh was yeah, it, it was that was that a song that was song. that a song before you even joined the band barrel no, fire no 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 that okay. was written during the okay definitely good good luck was a band for a good grip of time. yeah i know i know so yeah no i uh yeah, Man. we wrote a lot of, like, we didn't... Heavy fucking know, props. Ian and Desmond individually wrote lyrics and a lot, um, you know, most of the structures 
you know, the, the guts, you know, they really like did a great job composing their own songs, but then they always brought it to the band with an optimistic, like, what can we do with this thing? Or they had an idea of what they wanted to turn it into. And Hey, I knew that I thought you would do a good job with this or that, or, Hey man, I have lyrics for this, but I'm just going to give you the bass part. Or there was always a cool, like dynamic of sorts to write a new song. Totally. You know, there was never, um, as much as we all knew, like Desmond wrote this song, Ian wrote this song. It was also very much like a cohesive, like, love of just romantic songwriting dude yeah. between all of us like yeah it totally and was. maybe at the beginning stage of the bands it wasn't so flexible um i was the conga player at the very beginning of yeah the band. yeah there was a i didn't yeah. play drums at the beginning of the band it took some uh you know people leaving and things like to restructure ourselves but um i was fortunate enough that i was a good enough singer that they were like hey man we don't need to like and I was an okay enough drummer that they were like, all right, we can teach you the drums and you can sing. And you know what I mean? But the amazing part is, is the you, cool wrote, thing you is wrote some of the all, best drum parts Yeah, of we all the came band. together. Like, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. It well, was, and uh, by the end, I was, watch, I was watching. I was paying attention. And by the end, we, me and you spent so much time in that bonus room mm. playing drums, drilling time signatures, drilling metronome, drilling just playing complicated parts that your drumming influenced the songwriting mm. like some of those parts are that way and have that energy not because desmond's a great songwriter or ian i mean it is but it wouldn't feel like that if the drums were different it the song would not feel that way the if coolest, the drums were different yeah the coolest part about the six songs that we haven't released yet and actually we have released now two of them yeah but we still have four unreleased songs yeah is that those were the most they had spent enough time with me as a drummer and me like i was really able to develop my quirks and stuff and they did like we all like family style just cohesively started oh totally they started writing more music that was more like Kind of tribal sounding, man. Like, you, yeah. you can really hear it in Barrel Fire, actually. The dun 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 It might not have had to do with anything. Uh, both Ian and Desmond have incredible cadence and, and, and thought processes behind, like, how they want to build up, like, a dynamic. Like you said, a yeah. crescendo. Um, but I feel like me liking to use, uh, me liking to have um, how I, uh, divide my left and right hand yes. and play a little bit more on my like cymbal cone and my i like to play with my hi-hat and cymbals at the same time um or you know little things like that or i started getting more developmental with my toms and well stuff, you were and also so. using a piece of proprietary drum hardware that is <laughs> off of the market single singly invented yeah. that uh, no one else has mm. so you have a drum set that is unique to only you and no one else on the planet true there that's is that. part of the sound is yeah. a unique proprietary drum piece of yeah. equipment. And I and this last piece of music was obviously the most experience that I had had with that hardware. And so these yeah. next four songs coming out like well and the last two reflected that too. Exactly. Is, you know. It, and it's beautiful, man. Yeah, it draws me into different uh rhythm habits because of the capabilities that I know that I have. And um yeah. I always play to what I'd feel like the like what the music needs, but you know if there's a a cool little lick that you know you can throw in there because of what you got, like yeah, you can you can play that. Not over, yes, not overplay that. 
Exactly. But. Congratulations, man. That's fucking great. Yeah. Really. Be proud. Revel in it for a revel. Let, let yourself feel the best you can feel. Like over the next time when you post it and everything and all the feedback that you get, because you will, and it'll be good. And everybody's going to tell you how fucking good you are. And as that's going on, let yourself accept it. That's the biggest part. Just let yourself accept people telling you who you are and how good you are and how special you are, bro. Because I know part of the struggle is we don't believe we're that good. Yet we create stuff we're proud of. But we still want to feed a mechanism that tells us we're not that good. And then when people tell us we're good, it counters the thought process that we tell ourselves that we're not that good. Where I'm at now with all that is that I'd say, like, now I'm almost getting that good. You know what I mean? Like, now, or, or, now I'm creating things that I'm getting proud of. Not saying I wasn't good. Well, we have a song that me and you worked on mm. over the end of this pandemic that is one of your original songs that I think as soon as you're happy with. Yeah, vocals. I think as soon as you let yourself be good with yeah, that one part. Yeah, you're right. You're as right. soon as you let yourself be okay. Tomorrow night we should just do vocals. In this, <laughs> in this room right here. Yeah. As loud as you want. Well, and you can coach me through me and my insecurities. Yes. Because I do. I like, I enjoy my singing. We have a perfect room. You can stand up. We can just go <laughs> take takes. Yes. But we have a song that you and I created that I am incredibly proud of. And, well, and uh, yes. And it's, it's me and you both. And it's very much like a video, t- like, and it explains kind of in picture. Yeah. Things that happened. Um, more or less my love for fucking everybody involved in my music path thus far and yeah. and um everyone in my music path and like I will keep Where continue. life took you, yeah. There's no one that it, that I played music with that I'm really just like I'm never gonna fucking play music with them or it it shut Same. off or Same. or I don't wanna follow them and watch their career bloom. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's never been a ever. I mean hometown grudges were always just very you know they weren't that serious you know what i mean correct and it wasn't even hometown grudges too it was like you know once we did all the battle of the bands like we were very much encouraging and although we wanted to win we wanted the other team to not like fail or have their gear stolen or just like natural (laughs) shit that actually happens to fucking people um so yeah man to the overall goodness of- to mu- to music to moving on yeah, to growth man. to prosperity to to finding wholeness man like to <sighs> actually well in it not only in your work not only in your you know uh god there's so many different pieces of one's life that can be um overwhelming at times that destroys every other thing you know what i mean so take your small wins um, but also know that, yeah, this life is fucking well, hard. Hey, and, and, and it's okay. I think you, what you just said is so perfect. It's okay if the eggs have tiny cracks in them, as long as the egg isn't leaking. There it is. 
right? Okay, so your egg has tiny cracks in it. Is it broken yet? No, your egg's not broken. Guess what? It's okay. And as far as being accepting and and I I think I need to give a quick shout out um to two people who through the last three and a half or four months or whatever it was of me not doing a podcast, uh, two people reached out privately to me and asked if, if I'm okay and if the podcast is still going. Mm. One, Kyle Esh. Mm. Kyle, bro, if you're listening to this podcast right now, which I know you listen to most, if you're listening to this, thank you for reaching out. And the other's Jake Blanchard. That dude reached out. Yeah. And we had, you know, we don't talk a lot. He missed, messaged me on Christmas like, Fucking love that guy. Thank you for like on Christmas taking his time to message me. He's killing it on his podcast. Yeah. And he reached out the other week and honestly I didn't message him back because I was too embarrassed to tell him a guy who has a, a podcast about success and determination and drive and moving through resistance and moving through failure and keeping going. I was too fucking embarrassed and it hurt my ego too much to have to tell him that I was failing. So I haven't said it yet, but Jake, shout out to you, man. Thank you for asking me mm. and putting me in a little bit of check. You made me have to reflect on myself. There it is, man. So even though I didn't respond to you mm. yet. Yeah, nothing wrong with that and much love, dude. You, did, you, you If you're listening to this, you helped. Thank Definitely. you, man. Thank you. Um, as other than that, I think we should go watch more fucking Batwoman. Uh, <laughs> there it is. And hang with our Good. ladies because we've been in here far too long. But I'm proud of you, dude. I love you. Oh, hey. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you for coming. And I got this thing, hypotheticals. I got this for Christmas. 50 okay. questions for insane conversations. <clears throat> oh, okay. So you want to snag one of those? We're going to do uh... one at, and finish. So... Oh, They're cards. The second orange one in. That one. The no, countdown? No, no, the second orange one in. That one. Homeless Boulevard. Oh, okay. That is the name of this conversation is Homeless well, Boulevard. I don't want to say anything about that regionally, but... Okay, well, how about this? No. I feel like we have to. That, that's the it's one. It's a big topic here, but it's Well, a good we don't even here. know what this is going to ask. We, you're it, right, you're right. It has a whole question. Okay. Oh, it prompts shit. a conversation. This is the thing. Is it? Oh, it I read this. Everyone. Okay. Has a conversation. I think that one is good. Homeless Boulevard. Yeah, I think right. that one is good. We should do that one. Okay. Just because I saw sick sex in huge orange letters at the very bottom of the card, and uh, yeah, <laughs> homeless Boulevard and this, all right. This, so I don't know. Let me read this. Okay. Here we go. Which this is for everybody out there. You encounter a boulevard filled with homeless people, human waste, and dried blood. There are, fi there are at least 50 people lying in the street, men, women, and teenagers. It's the middle of the summer, and none of them have bathed in weeks. A few are crackheads. Most are intoxicated. A handful are mentally insane. All are hungry and desperate. Suddenly, you are granted an incredible capability. If you have unprotected intercourse with any one of these individuals, right then and there, immediately, on the sidewalk, in public, you will end worldwide homelessness forever. Within five years, 
No one will ever be homeless again. And everyone will know it is because of your selfness, your selflessness. However, if you elect not to do this, no one will ever know you had this opportunity and you will not be held accountable for doing nothing. What a weird suggestion. Yeah. Do you do this? Can you select the homeless person you will have sex with? But it said no repercussions. Sexually. There's no repercussions if you no don't. Transsec- no if you don't, if you don't, no, no, oh, no, no, there are. The point is, is you will probably catch something. It's unprotected oh, sex. Gotcha. The thing is, is by doing this act, by having to pick one of these 50 people, of sorts. 50 people lying <laughs> in the streets, you have to pick one of them. By having sex with them, you will end world hunger. You are homelessness forever. Man. But if you don't do it, no one will ever know that you had the opportunity. And there is no repercussions for saying no. So I'd say... Me, personally, I'm married, and I would never have sex outside of my own, you know, me and my wife making decisions together to do such things. So I would say it's all kind of a hypothetical situation for This me. is 100% anyway, hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. But I would say this, personally, yeah, for the greater good, I would definitely have sex with a fucking Ewok to make sure that no one was homeless ever again. I would have sex well, with... Well, okay, but, but okay, say you, were, <laughs> say you were there, you're with Jada... All of a sudden, this thing pops down, floating, gives you this opportunity. You look at Jada and she goes, honey, it's to save all homeless forever. Mm. Would you do it? It just depends. Well, I mean, if it was today, I'd say, well, I got a lot of sex left to give. And I don't want to maybe give a transmitted disease to my wife or whatever. Yes, but you're talking about two people Mm. and your sex life versus all homeless uh, people Forever. forever not just in no, america I, not I was just more in or less making the statement saying like if it happened today or if it was like 20 years down the road it'd be much easier to make the decision oh because sure. i would have a lot less you know sex to, to have sure <laughs> yeah sure or the interest would be less or but also like yeah diseases but you don't know thing. which but you don't know which disease um, you could catch you don't know if you would catch one the whole the thing you is might not at all and what i would say and big exactly. on is probably you wouldn't or there's a lot of shit that's actually like kind of easily uh cured up i mean it says they're all dirty Um, a few are crackheads most are intoxicated a handful are mentally insane all are hungry and desperate yeah and what i'd say with that is like yeah all are dirty or whatever but dirty doesn't mean exactly like exactly the the statistics are still there yeah um you could be a businessman at the top of the pedestal and still have something venereal disease correct yeah yeah yeah, still everyone still gets tested everybody's correct or doesn't but you know and a lot there's a lot of fucking cures yeah, exactly. So with that being said, there's a lot of probability out there for good and bad. So I'd say statistically, um, you'd be, man, pff, homeless people curing it's every single person? Forever. I mean, yeah, man. Like, like think of the entire world. Think of what India looks like. Mm. Think of what China fuck mm. looks like. Think of but what like every said, fucking... Um, <clears throat> my own wife would probably be like, yeah, have sex with somebody with, you're not going to like it. <laughs> And I'm going to be like, I know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just, but I will like, you know, having no homeless people. Um, but I also, think I like would I do said, it. I think be, I would do it. I would. Yeah. It would have to be a actual, I would say, uh, you know, yeah. If, if it's cool with my wife and, you know, because that, that's where my heart is, you know, more or less, which is silly. But I it's know all it's hypothetical. Yeah, of course. Well, that, that's the whole <laughs> so. point of this thing is hypotheticals. I mean, the, the, the game is called hypotheticals. This is if to it was the most. Just ex- me solely. Um, 
I would not think twice about I'd it. I'd go all 50 of you? All right. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Exactly. Um, which is kind of crazy to think about. But also, you know. For, t- for 7 billion people right now mm. and all futures to come, mm. that's, I and mean. How quickly does most things get you? Like, I'm not saying I'm on, I mean, honestly. It depends on which hole you pick, too. Well, well, you know, <laughs> other than, other than there, there's, I mean, AIDS kind of sucks, but oh, it's naturally. really curable now. It's, I mean, it's really mitigated. It's not totally curable, but Naturally. it's it's fucking incredibly mitigated. Yeah, and then and then you can live a long time with it. Yeah, but like, but there's a, a, well, enough time. Magic to say Johnson's goodbye. still fucking alive. Well, that's the only thing I give a shit about. I want enough time to say goodbye, man. Well, I don't want to well, die but, after I but know I'm gonna no, die. But the only other one day. is like is like you know what I mean? uh, uh, fucking what is it? Uh, not. Uh, uh, God, what is that one? C- something C. What's that? Like there's A, B, and C of the disease that you can get from sex. What's the one? Is it syphilis? Nope, nope. There's <laughs> syphilis, bad. gonorrhea, um, chlamydia, chlamydia, herpes. Popular. Yeah, but they're all. Those are all fucking not bad. I guess. No, yeah, yeah. Not bad. Is no, no. There's there's the one. Actually. There's the one. Um, uh, fucking from. Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Um. Oh God! What is the fucking name of that? I I can't fucking no it's something not even on the tip of my tongue. Okay, I just haven't done. Oh well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Diseases. That's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good We'd question. Probably be better for humanity to help have them as long as you know. Depends on how much fucking you want to have. Maybe that says a lot about us. <laughs> yeah, we're probably like, we'd does. rather. Well, and it's not even like the sexual act. Of course, it's more or less like the betterment of humanity. Like. We should have already been able to figure a lot well, of this out. Well, and the thing out. is, is, there should be a is, lot less poor cities in this country. It would honestly there be harder. Be a lot less. It would be harder people. for me to say. It would be harder for me to say to do it if I was losing a foot. I'm getting a disease that most fucking sexually transmitted diseases are curable or mitigated pretty fucking well. And you can have a pretty good, healthy sex life through yeah. most of that. Yeah, if it was like losing a limb or losing like, a, losing would you rather do that, have sex with them, do that, or lose a leg? Mm. Uh, no, I'm not. Like, I don't know. It's it's weird. Well, but then you think about it, and like you watch all these stories about people that like get their leg caught in a rock, and then they're like, either they die starving, or they cut their fucking leg off, or they get right. caught in a trap, or they get you know a bunch of other scenarios where you have to cut a limb off, where you fucking have to get escape. And I'd imagine that, like, well, and you know, you here's know, the other thing you too. would do that to save your fucking self. So yeah. why can't you do at least that? No, you're or right. Or more to save. You're right. Ten thousand. No, you're right. You're or right. Thousand. No, you're or right. A hundred or ten people. You know what I mean? Or yeah. say you're on a cliff and there's five people. You're the weakest. You eat the least. You're the fucking. You know, you're gonna die. Give everybody else permission to eat your fucking ass. Yeah, you know what? It could save fucking five. You people. actually just convinced me of something. You is, know, like is, it's always about the betterment of humanity. Whether no, you're right, you're right. You know, and you know what? I you know I you just made me completely reanalyze and rethink. I would actually cut off my leg to know I'm ending homelessness mm-hmm. for every human forever. Yeah, and honestly, here's the thing that I just thought about that I completely didn't think about this. No, I know that. No, that everything's good. That's just a fucking stupid pop up. Um, when it says ending all homelessness forever, I didn't take into account because probably privilege mm. that I could be one of those people that end up homeless. Or it saves. I mean, people no, die on the yeah, street. Yeah, no, I know yeah, other people, like, but I'd never in in the. 
I could do that action and also prevent me from being homeless forever. Mm. True. For the rest of my no life. Shit. Like it says well, all, cu- all the probability and all homelessness years. forever. Like we well, have a hell of good worth ethic. So we don't think. Our yeah, but the market could drive. just go to shit. Well, or mental health, man. Like yeah. there's a lot of different things. Right. People in our, even though we're fucking white privileged males, like there's a lot of people breaking down in our, our age or just over us. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, there's so many. It's improbable. Right. And so doing that action now would prevent fucking shut up would would prevent not only mm. that, but m- not only prevent a, every a much better outcome for veterans and like you know. all humans, myself included, my family included, Rusty's kids. Mm. I would know they would never be homeless while well, driving the underpass, driving by the bridge, driving Bro. by, watching everything on the Delta side of the Park road would be clean. Open, like, yeah, and not have a. Uh, yeah, no, it. in a heartbeat. I'd fuck Delta Park mm. well, to cure what, it. Like, uh, no, think about it in literal terms. Mm. I would fuck Delta Park. Mm. Oh, just alone. Just alone. Go to if Delta Park. Go to Delta Park right now. Mm. And if you knew you could cure all homelessness forever oh, yeah. in the world, oh, yeah. We, I'd, fuck Delta, I'd limb. fuck Delta Park. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say. It's a no-brainer when you drive through Delta Park, just in Delta Park. Like, yeah. there's homeless people with legs missing. Rolling around our fucking streets. Yeah. Or people without health care. There's a guy with no legs who over. pushes himself with only his arms on a skateboard. Right? There's a guy that freaking has, like, his feet are wearing out beneath him, man. Oh, I know. And this guy, every time I drove by him for seven fucking years, like, I pulled over a couple times to help him out. Like, it wore on me for fucking years. And I'm kind of like, him in a long time. there was years that were like, you know, or months that I'm thinking like, ah, man, it was hard, man. It was hard. Was that no me. knees? It was the guy that just always, he just looked like he never got a cure for his foot, man. Yeah, I know. It was just slow walking, slow. He yeah. looked in pain, like, and it's like, man. Yeah. It's like you can't beat yourself up on that daily. Insane. But if you give, like, if I ever had the opportunity to fix that shit, like, I actually bum myself out that I didn't think shit. about that. That I just put myself outside of the scenario, man. I, <laughs> I'll never be homeless. I won't be one of the people that have to worry about the homelessness I'm curing with my sexual acts. No, no, I could be one of those fucking people, like, right, Rusty's. My, well, anyone I know could be one of those people, mm. and I would do a lot to help one, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird shit about just like asking yourself perplexing questions and moving on with shit is like, yeah, the more you ask and the more you like dig in, like, like you said, you, you came to an impasse like, or like, man, I really need to like think about myself in these scenarios more. Um, that's extremely important when you interview people, man. So even the fact that you can come to that conclusion, um, is intri- it's extremely telling, man. It's extremely telling that you can tell yourself that, um, this could be me too. So even though the, I mean, I know it's like, oh, pat yourself on the back because you recognize white privilege. That's actually not, you know, no. that's not as quite no. as extreme as you might realize like yeah there's a lot of people out there that don't put themselves into the actual scenario and that's actually like 
yeah. You're that's better called, skepticist than most. That's uh, decency. Mm, yeah. So like reflection. You recognize that yeah. was there. Yeah. Um weeks ago. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> so yeah, dude, fucking learn and let me let me uh I want to learn that piece of it with you too. Well, let's 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 do it together cuz I think it I think it takes more than one. I think the the sentiment that it takes a community doesn't stop when they're no longer children. It takes a community to raise a kid. Okay, yeah. What about adults? What is it? Do they just lose their community once they're adult and No, how about it takes a community to save adults? Well, think about like I mean I, I entirely agree. Um, but like they talk about here, herd immunity with viruses or like, why does that, why does that not translate to bad hurt, thoughts? No, it does. Herd you immunity know? from depression, dude. If you have an yeah. entire happy like, community that mm-hmm. helps each other, there's no one to be depressed. Community involvement. Like Fuck. why, do, why, you know, like, well, why do these concepts have bro. to necessarily just, I mean, it's easy scientifically to actually recognize all you just did the actual, like literally you what know. you just did was make me go. Why do I hide my problems then? Herd immunity. If everybody is happy and everybody is helping each other with everyone feels the downside. No, of course they do. And, and listen, if everybody's happy, if everybody is happy and everybody is helping everybody with their depression when they're no longer happy, mm-hmm. and everyone is herd immunity, hum- then it's it's the disconnect, it's the doubt, it's mm-hmm. the the projection, it's all of these things that cast out cast in the negative part and then make you not want to connect because you feel alone the sad thing is is i think that it's everybody wants to connect to something but there's like online and other different like avenues of like connecting with people it's a lot easier to find um to relate that relate to a negative thought and that's what's really sad is like with trump and with certain like it's much easier for people to share a meme that they, they did not they, write or think oh, about but that is they, negative they but view, they feel heart wholeheartedly they, about they view it as positive mm. well they don't understand that the negativity that they're actually like portraying is i know you know it it makes them feel good it's they're you know they're getting not like a placebo but you know what i mean like they're getting a uh kind of a neurological stimulant of sorts like you know because of what they're posting yeah they think it's good but it's also like very um i don't know i think i think it needs to start with um, being okay with sharing, being okay, understanding that the the, the path to self happiness is letting other help, uh, letting others help you be happy. You have, I think, the, I th- I I think you have to. I think you have to be able to let others help you be happy, because it. What if the trick is, what if the actual fix, the medicine, is that humans cannot, period, be happy by themselves? Period. I would say 100% that's but, but true. But even if you have, <laughs> even, no, even if you have a society, even if I have friends around me, 
But when I'm unhappy, I don't say it. I don't say that part and let the people around me help me then. I don't. I would say it's kind of weird. Like in recent years with our society, like now it's very much like a sharing, you know, open like, but it's a online society. Kind too. of. Kind of. But, you know, I would, it's kind of like, it, I'd say back in the day, it was much easier for a person to be um, introverted and tied up in their own work and being happy with themselves if they're doing a good job in their own work. I feel like now it's much like people want that gratification of sorts, like sharing it outwardly. No, I, I, I mean, I actually think it's the opposite. I think that back in the day, without mm. the internet, mm. conversation meant something. I agree. Person to of person. Course. Person to person. Mm. You had to look someone in the eye to talk. If you're texting someone and you're opening up and sharing your feelings. Well, I'm just saying the importance. Like, Yeah. I, yeah. You know. The importance has shifted, but I don't think the mechanism has. Mm. And I think what I lose, man, even if we're sitting there talking on the phone or bitch playing rocket league on our headsets and bitching about our hard day or or something that's bugging us well i'm kind of I, saying that's what we're missing is that the eye eye to eye connection yeah that would be yes that would be the disconnect I yes okay and, yes, and yes so okay yeah yeah we i agree. might have been we saying I, as i say importance i'm just more or less saying like it's actually not really the importance of like what we would be uh emotionally or like more or less in taking um i think it's the easiest but it doesn't mm. do work well, yeah, it doesn't do the actual full extent of human yeah. communication or yeah. seeing someone, seeing facial expression, you know, <laughs> really like smelling each know. other's farts. Right. Exactly. And that's really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the laughing and the hugging uh, that will create all, all naturally. Of it, all of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly in these last nine months since the mm -hmm. quarantine, this week has taught me to savor these moments more. And when I have the opportunities, seize them the biggest that I can. Like, I can't hide. Man, it's it's hard because part of me. Yeah, I, you, you just can't hide. You just can't. Anything that you're telling yourself on the inside, I think they probably... 200 years ago you probably told the people you were around that i can only imagine like i don't know i don't know it seemed maybe not 200 years ago maybe that's too soon that's still pretty modern but i i i, I you know think back to a hunter-gatherer tribal society that yeah, just, just kind of more or less like the cycles of um yeah kind of feelings or what what can perspire um because i imagine human beings okay imagine Native Americans in 1100, mm. year 1100 in America, right? Cherokees were around, uh, Blackfoot Indians, Sioux Indians, mm. uh, Apache Indians. They were still here. They were around. They were roaming around. They were having their clan wars. They were doing all that shit. And I imagine an Indian tribe sitting there and someone in their tribe being fucking depressed. Mm. Maybe a hunt didn't go good. Maybe they hadn't had quite as much food as they had. And everyone was a little hungry and... Mm. 
Someone had a hard fucking time or, with it. Maybe they like a girl. And, oh, or, you and know she I mean? liked another fucking I, guy. I would say that's extremely probable as or well. Or you were the third know? fastest runner of your hunting party, mm. and you never really got the hunt. Mm. You Maybe you were never the yeah. hunter who hunted. maybe your dad was chief. And you, know, and you didn't and live you up to your never dad. never quite yeah. got there. Like, there's so many different ways. Depression had to have happened, mm. right? And I... Oh, yeah. And mm. I would imagine... At that but time, now you're not held to the standard no, of digital but do you think, excellence. But you didn't have anything to look at other than go and stand by the coast and look at the water crashing on the waves, hmm. and then tell your friends that you were sad. Like, yeah. But they, you had to be in their face. There was no way to leave a message. There was no way to send anything. There was no art to be painted. There wasn't anything hmm. like this. There wasn't songs being. Well, I mean, there was music, but hmm. it was intertribal. It wasn't. You had to connect to. A, do this yeah. and i think and i would say all those individual experiences although i they definitely happened um but back then when a when a song was created to express a feeling it was only more expressive and big yes. you know what i yes. mean like it didn't happen as often so i'd say that well, that would be you know and remembered ev- remembered oh, you know yeah yeah i think that's the key i think that's another goal this year is being more open to myself, more open to others about me, letting me be a part of a community. Like, let myself be a part of a community. Mm-hmm. Build it, mm-hmm. find friends, and let myself be a mm-hmm. part of it. That would be big for me, too, because I actually don't have, like, really anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have my work crew um, that I love, but that's my work. You know what well, I mean? So that, that's the funny thing. And it's I don't important. have I don't have a work crew. I have a couple yeah. friends outside of work, but I work mm. so alone most mm. of the time that I don't really have a work crew. I have people yeah. I talk to, but I pass them for ten minutes a day in a nine hour shift. Like, yeah. it'd be much better if I wasn't like in this scenario. Like, if it was a building thing, like, yeah, I'm a boss and I'm kind of in, but also I don't have a, a whole lot of experience. I have a great mentor at my work, but work ain't play so yeah. i don't know i've been thinking about fucking joining the fucking uh there's a jujitsu spot right right by my work actually and i'm thinking maybe i could do that before i head to work or something yeah like, I, 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 maybe I would... to, just because it's like really fascinating i don't know a lot about it um i know that it would help me mentally because um yeah like, you would have to mm-hmm. face here's the thing that ben has told me um we were talking to him earlier. Um, here's the thing that Ben told me was in jujitsu, there is no escaping the fact that you got tapped out. Yeah. It's incontrovertible mm. that There's you just got somebody that, rolls, that, yeah. that someone in your face was better than you. Definitely. Oh man. I think about people that I know that could just roll me up. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, because but, I respect them. But in the rest um, of your life, Mm. everything is judged on a what if mm. as soon as you're on the mat there's no more what if it is mm. it either yeah, is or is a huge learning curve man oh yeah um but you can improve and but you can get better and i feel like that for me would make me mentally stronger um well there's for... a there's a reason a lot of our friends that are kind of up and a lot of our kind of you know i I am always impressed by someone who do who does that and sticks it out and mm. gets another belt color mm. dude if Joey Diaz can be a purple belt in jujitsu, mm. anyone can learn jujitsu. And I don't know. <laughs> I 
one of my memories as a kid is where um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, for me. Um, because I don't know if I was told that I was good at something and I wasn't. Um, but I did have a moment when I was in a confrontation as a child um, when I got in a fight. And I lost and I froze and I distinctly remember visually in my head, my fist, my fist freezing up. I was, um, I was a kid in my neighborhood that was a couple years older than me. Um, I knew that he could beat me up, but I also knew that like, I'm fucking pretty physically fit. And I knew that, you know, if I held my own ground, it'd be fine. And then when it came down to it one day that I had to hold my own ground, like, I, like my fist kind of like I extended a punch and it didn't go enough, you know, like I didn't want to physically hurt the person that I was fighting. Yeah. So mentally, like for years, I kind of like built up this fear that like my fist would never extend enough to hurt anybody. Um, and so like as I gained and I played sports and shit like that, like I kind of broke down that wall and I realized like how much physically I could actually do to another person. And it, like, um, yeah, and sometimes it was maybe even a little overboard just because I wanted to fucking, you know, get Prove gratification. Prove it to yourself. Prove like, it to yourself. Because I felt I was failing. I felt like, you know, I had heard stories even of my father and my dad's friends, um, kind of a biker community. My dad's a rocker, and I was, like, always kind of intrigued by, you know, them sticking Toughness. up for what they thought, you know. And, yeah, yeah, sticking up for fucking my dad has a story of him walking into Tacoma, Washington. It was a time that my mom and dad were split, but my dad was wearing his Kansas City Chief jacket. And um, somebody wanted to steal it from him because it was really fucking nice. My dad tells me the story about how he fucking turned around and one punch fucking lost all the guy's teeth into his fist he fucking literally punched all the front teeth out of this guy's fucking fist or you know with one punch you know my dad just dislodged this guy's teeth into his own fist and my dad has scars to prove it and so like as you know and me growing up thinking like holy fuck man my dad's capable of all this you know yeah and me feeling like being uh not necessarily like the kind of person that would you know I just felt like physically I just wasn't able to actually like do that kind of thing. So as I played physical sports, competitiveness, um, I feel like there's definitely no, you know, isn't it weird? Though? I got in a couple of fights. Do you, you know, think, but, but let me ask you a question about that. But, but that's now, not what I want to fight. Well, now. No, no, but let me <laughs> yeah. ask you a question. That less, that, that story mm. that your dad told that you took mm. was that it was something important. Mm. Looking at it now, did, but of, looking at it, man. looking at it now, do you think a story of your dad breaking out all someone's teeth is a good story? Well, and honestly, like the most important thing that I take away from this now, um, being a respect, like I respect the fucking MMA community, is that my dad had no formal training. You know, this is what I. This is just an instance alone that my dad was stronger than one other guy. It did. It it didn't say that my dad like peacefully wrapped this guy up like a jujitsu person would fucking do. Um, you know what I mean? Like there is a well, right, there right, is right, a right, respective well, no, 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 format. But just to fighting which is really yeah. uh i'm just i'm just thinking more or less ruthless, like but you fucking you know yeah I, don't, I just don't know if it's necessarily uh like you know mm. i don't think it's a good thing yeah he's a thug obviously like my dad just you know was wearing something that somebody wanted and it's not um for me at the time, it was more or less just like, of course, it was at the, around the same time yeah, in yeah. a sense. Or when I was going through something, this is like when I was like, when I lost the fight, you know, and I come home with black eyes and I'm just like, um, this was all I was able to do in this fight, you know, um, 
it, my dad tells me this story it of served like, a purpose, hey, man, yeah. like, don't worry, you're young. My dad said, hey, I, you know, I lost these fights, but now I did this. And then my dad gives me this example of a fight that he won. And, you know, he said that he also had a gun pointed on his back, you know, and instead of just like not um, giving him all his shit, he said, you know, I just turned around and decked the guy in one punch and it was fine, you know, and so... It was kind of like a comparison to like, wow. yeah, I did lose fights. My dad was the youngest brother of all the yeah, brothers yeah, that he grew yeah, up with. So yeah. he was very much, he told me his whole life up into that point that he got his ass kicked. It, it only took him one time to see me get my ass kicked, you know, for him to say like, I did win a fight, you know, kind of a thing. Sure, um, sure, And sure. my dad didn't really want to share with me that he won that fight when he was separated from my mom. You know what I mean? So it was kind of... um yeah, I I was like, okay, fuck. I never thought my dad was weak, dude. My dad is very actually fucking oh, really yeah, strong. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he And was. actually it showed, yeah, he said a lot of vulnerability. His brothers were young or uh, older and shit. Um, and so it's an important part, I guess, just for him to share his vulnerability. But then also, uh, also like good triumph, I guess. Um, for and, me, and, I realized that it's not. And it helped you know, it at that point. As a young man, I guess. Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, but now, thinking about it, I'm like, man, I, I've i had, yeah, maybe in this sense, or what if, the what if, you know, like, I could, but also there's, what if something was to happen, um, what could I could, what could I do in a bad situation, um, whatever it could be, whether it being like a robbery, or a la la la, or a, um, yeah, I've had, like, crisis training in, like, climbing, like, people fucking break their leg on a mountain and shit. You know, I did firefighting stuff. That's completely entirely different than a scenario where someone has ill intent for somebody and you could safely, like, wrap them up or dismantle or, you know, however yeah. you want to put it. Like, but more or less, like, create a better situation. So I feel like it'd be probably extremely beneficial for me just to, like actually have some training well and you know and not only that but 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 build something where you believe in you mm. yeah there's a lot of scenarios yeah. that i think that i can grow and get improvement on um yeah, physically but i think yeah maybe mentally this would be one of the most well, important th scenarios and this, this may now be the goal for this year man 52 riffs in 52 weeks mm. and uh start a gym of sorts do something for our do something physical for our internal struggle mm. yeah i'm thinking i know there's a hell of a good gym around my house too well a lot of people in colorado roll man i know i bet i bet benny mm. could even yeah it sucks that i don't um i don't have any wrestling experience i don't have it i mean i'm like yeah i wouldn't actually say i'm fucking athletic but i'm not necessarily like tough or i i might easily find you have myself. no idea what you are yeah exactly like which is the inexperiences that's um, the best part about it mm. is that's why you join and you roll and you mm. yeah i think my flexibility uh, is going to be probably my deep uh my biggest gain but my easiest thing to like get me in a bad position quick um i'm not flexible at all so i think it'll be the biggest physical help and change in my life because i know that jiu-jitsu is centered around um stretching and 
Yeah. Um, and, well, maybe not stretching, but you know what I mean? No, like, it is being 100%. Able to, you have to uh, be flexible. Body awareness, man. I know I'm not fucking flexible. I know that if I was put in a situation that I had to be, um, it'd be much more important for me to practice. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I need to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't know. I think we should, man. Let's do it. Let's hold ourselves to it. But hey, I think we should go anyway. We've been doing this way. We're all, we're two hours, dude. All right, and we we've killed here. it. Yeah, this podcast has been amazing. Here. It was uh, we got ladies to go hang out with, and we got some disc golf to go play tomorrow. Anyway, yeah. we love you all. Thank you for being here on another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. Thank you for hanging with us. This was us airing our shit, man. We haven't seen you longer in a long time. I haven't been here in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this is you heard it. This is therapy. This yeah. is working through shit. This is what we'll we're here you, for. We'll let you know how it goes. And more of these are coming. I, I'm telling you all right now, I'm going to be doing this every week, regardless of it's me by myself or guests. And I have a bunch of people I want on here that I just haven't asked because I've been afraid to. So yeah. I'm coming back. I'm coming at you strong. Uh, welcome for a damn good 2021. Love you all. Jason, love you, buddy. Love you, bro. And for everyone out there, as, as we listen to today, drive like you know each other. <laughs>